So, good morning. A very warm welcome to you. If this is your first time with us, it's great to have you here. My name's Andrew and I'm going to be hosting uh, this morning. Um, before we begin and get any further, um, does anyone know what's happening in town today at Anstey Park? Thank you, Day. Yeah. So, I thought it'd be great to start with asking if there's anything that people are thankful for. Absolutely anything. I've got Owen coming up to run around with a microphone. So, if you've got something you'd like to share that you're thankful for this morning, then please wave and Owen will come towards you. Anyone got anything they're thankful for? Oh, Katie. I am thankful for reconnections with family that I haven't seen for a very long time. I'm thankful because my mum and dad are here and we're going to the beach after church. I'm, I'm thankful because I have Sandra Smith helping me in Delta this morning. It's great to have her with me. Is there one more? Anyone else? Are we? Okay, I think that's it. Thank you, Owen. So, continuing the theme of um, thank yous. Um, a thank you to those of you that have been supporting the youth with the car wash and the cake sale last um, a few weeks ago. I've got Mark who's coming up to tell us about something else that you can get involved with, which you are also doing. So, over to Mark. Taskmaster's assistant and I'm here this morning to tell you about a fundraiser we've got happening uh, next Sunday three till five but before we do that I've got a task for you all to take part in this morning just for your own enjoyment um, you're all going to take part but I could really do with five extra volunteers who have a chance to beat the toaster and win some toast so I need five volunteers, I need five volunteers now to get toast. One, two, three, four, five. Let's come up, quick as you can. Yes, come on. Don't have to be invited, just come and stand at the front with me. I've got three already I can see on the way. I need two more. Two more people, come and get some toast. You want toast? Oh, you've been beat. We've got seven people going for it. That's fine, we can cope with seven. Uh, Reese, could you uh, hand out the task for, uh, I think Thomas can read it for us. Sit down before the toast pops. Last one to sit down wins. Anyone standing when the toast pops is disqualified. Do you get that? Sit down before the toast pops. If you... I need to read myself. Sit down before the toast pops. Last one to sit down wins. Anyone standing when the toast pops is disqualified. So Reese is going to be watching you seven for the chance to win the toast. But you all need to stand up. So you need to sit down before the toast pops. Can you all see the toast? Toast is down. Now, while I've got your attention, <laughs> I'm going to tell you about what's happening next Sunday. So we are fundraising for a family in Uganda who need a new house. That's what we're doing. And we've got a group of people from Harvest Church who are going out there to support that. We've got uh, John and Jan and Daniel Sage. We've got Reese who's going and Liz Barrett. So they're going to go out. And 
I don't know if you know, but we've got a, a member of our church, Kate Tolhurst, who lives out there and is part of the Kisa. And she's the person who we're going to be working through to help this family. The family, uh, the mum's called Esther, and she's got a son called Malachi. And they need a new home. Not only do they need a home, they also need a fence around their home as well to, keep, uh, to help Malachi stay safe. So that's what we're doing to... We're still going. In order to raise money this time, we're going to do... Or oh, people start... You're a bit early. You're a bit early. Um, we're going to run a Taskmaster live event here at the Maltings next week, 3 o'clock till 5. We've still got Nadia and Ta Thomas fighting it out. Um, it's 3 till 5. What it's going to consist of, this event, is there'll be four tasks for you all to complete in teams of six. And these tasks, they're going to be, they're not going to be messy. I guarantee they're not going to be messy. They're not going to include eating weird stuff. Uh, and they don't require particular physical uh, abilities, okay? These are, these are interesting tasks, but they're not going to make you feel icky and horrible. Um, it's open to all ages, but we think probably really young participants may struggle with the challenges. So probably year three and above is kind of where we're aiming at, but kind of read into that as you like. Also, we're going to have for you, not only your task that you're going to do, but we've got five contestants who are going to do some tasks beforehand that we're going to video and show to you. And they're going to be trying to um, battle for the Taskmaster Prize. They're going to try and... Uh, we've got our very own Taskmaster, Martin Hughes, and he will critique their attempts to please him. And we'll see who manages to win that. We've got um, uh, Andrew and Jess Dane, we've got Adrian Ward, Mari Hall, and Adam Burnham's are our contestants. Uh, and so that's for our entertainment, seeing how they compete, how they do, how they woo the Taskmaster in their challenges. But also, you guys as well will get to win. Still going, still going. Three people think they can beat this toaster. Ah. Oh, sorry, I didn't see you. Sorry, Nathan. Sorry, I didn't see you. So the next question is, how do you sign up? Well, there was a link on Karen's email, I don't know if you noticed, the link on Karen's email, or you can visit the Facebook page, the Harvest Church Facebook page, you can see there's a link on the screen there, and there's printouts of it by the doors as you leave out. We really need you to sign up ahead so we know how many teams are coming. Oh! Who was the winner? Nathan, Nathan. You have won the prize of the toast. Come up. Yes. You got toast. Butter your toast. You don't want to butter it. You want the plate. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. That is one happy customer. That's the kind of joy you can have next Sunday when you come to the Taskmaster event. All the sign-up requires from you, we just need to know... Uh, names of people who are coming. You can sign up as an individual or you can sign up as a team. Teams are between four and six people. If you've got a couple of you, just sign up and we'll kind of mix you in with other people on the day. Uh, if, you know, if you've got a whole team of six, sign up as a six. Um, we're asking you to book just so we can kind of work out how many teams we've got and kind of all the logistics that we need. There's no charge, there's no fee, but we will be asking for donations on the day as you leave, as you go out. So if you've enjoyed yourself, then we expect you to kind of like, give maybe a little bit more than you thought. If Adrian has performed to the high standards that we're expecting, then, uh, then the donations will go up massively. Um, if you're still thinking, it's not really me, I don't really want to compete in this. Well, actually, you could still help us out. Uh, I need eight people to, uh, to support the task that we're running, to kind of... Um, to take people to and from the task, to set them up, uh, and, to, and to kind of keep the scores from that. So if you're kind of thinking, I could do that, come and talk to me or to Reese, uh, and we can sort that out. And we also need somebody to help us out with refreshments. We're going to be serving refreshments, nothing spectacular, maybe crisps and some drinks and things, just to keep people happy as they're waiting to do their tasks. We could do someone to help us organise that. So if that's your bag, if you're good at doing refreshments and organising that, come and see me and Reese. that would be really helpful. I'm about done. Recap. The event is next Sunday, 3 till 5. 
We'd like to sign up in advance in teams of four to six people. You'll be doing four tasks as your team, and you'll be watching some tasks done by our uh, highly talented contestants who are going to please the taskmaster. So please sign up, uh, and we look forward to seeing you next Sunday. And I think I'm handing over now to Katie and the band. Thank you, Mark. I don't quite know how I follow on from that, really, but um, if you're able and willing, would you like to stand? And we are going to worship God. They were all over to have some toast. There's no more toast, so you don't need to sit down, it's okay. <laughs> We are going to let our children and young people go downstairs to their groups. If you've not been here with us before, children meet in their groups downstairs, usually exit via the door over in the back corner. 
follow the crowd and I'm sure that somebody will show you where you need to go.
Jesus, we love to come and worship to you. We love to sing your name. We love to declare your name. Your name is great. Your name is power. Your name is love. We love to worship you. We love to sing your name, Jesus.
though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Lord Jesus, we thank you that as we turn our eyes to you this morning, as we worship you for who you are, you're also turning your eyes towards us and changing us and renewing us. King Jesus, we welcome you amongst us this morning. We praise you, we honor you, we lift your name up. We say yours is the name above all other names. All other gods, all other nations will turn to you, Lord God. Yours is the name above all other names. And we love you, Lord. We say renew us afresh today. Renew us. Go to work in our hearts and our inner beings today, Lord God, that we would reflect you and bring glory to your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Wonderful worship team. Can we thank them together? We really do appreciate you. Lighthouse, we hope you have a wonderful morning downstairs. We appreciate you as well. Great. There we go. No toaster now in front of me. Or kind of, no, no, no toaster. Excellent. I wonder how you would describe your prayer life. It's a heavy thing to start with, isn't it, Nathan? If you took a moment this morning to consider your prayer life, what one word would you use to describe it? What one word would you use to describe it? Exhilarating, satisfying, desperate, unwavering, non-existent, business-like, irregular, life-giving, directional, tiring, hard, joyful, something not mentioned up there. In Matthew 6, Jesus talked about prayer like this. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they, will, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Jesus then went on to teach them the Lord's Prayer, a guidance for how to pray, not necessarily word for word what to pray. Jesus' instructions were there to keep prayer real and honest, intimate between us and God. Prayer is not a show, not an achievement, and not a stepping stone to getting what we want. Prayer is relationship, real relationship with our living God. Time to talk, time to listen, time to be still, and know that the great I am is God above all things. And so this morning, we're carrying on our preaching series in the book of Psalms, looking at real emotion, real life, and real God. God's desire is that each of us would come to him with our hearts genuine and real before him, not hiding anything from him and not pretending to be something that we aren't. You don't have to have life or faith all sorted to come before him in prayer. I can be me before God because he is the only one who fully knows me. No filters. And so this morning, we come to a psalm as real as it gets. I've called this preach The Saturated Soul. I read a book, Psalms for a Saturated Soul, by that very title earlier this year by Alan Frow. I would highly recommend it. It is brilliant. Short and easy to read. I'm grateful for those books. And, uh, and very challenging and helpful. The Saturated Soul. The soul that is filled with so many emotions and pulls that it is saturated, soaked, full, loaded, possibly weighed down. The psalmist 
of Psalm 42 that we're looking at this morning has a soul that is full and weighed down. So many emotions. Clearly somewhat depressed and under the weight of life. Something many of us can admit to have felt at some point in our life or experienced regularly. Or for some, experiencing it right now in this moment. The Bible doesn't hide from depression. The Bible doesn't hide from emotional health. The Bible doesn't hide away from feelings and real life stuff. It's real. And so if you've got a Bible, can we turn to Psalm 42? Psalm 42. And I'm going to do something a little bit different this morning. I'm going to have some music playing whilst I read the psalm. I hope that's all right with you. I found, I was reading this, uh, this this week, and this background music was on for me, and I found it so helpful in engaging in the psalm myself. And so I, I hope you do too. Are we all right, Chris? Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, thirsts for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one. With shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you. From the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to my God, you're my rock. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer, suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. Father, we thank you for this psalm and this psalmist who is real and writes it as it is. And we ask, Lord God, that you would come and speak to us this morning. Would you equip us to live our lives for you in prayer, in worship, and in everything that we do in our life, Lord, that it would all be for you. Come and encourage us, I pray, this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. In the early hours of the morning of the 27th of November last year, 2022, I woke to the feelings of pain uh, in my chest. Not sure whether it was heartburn or my asthma or something else. I tried to sleep it off until it became too painful that I needed pain medication. This still not doing too much and my inability to move without uh, intense pain started to become a little bit of a worry to the point that Juliana phoned 999 and they soon sent for an ambulance. Whilst I felt peace in that moment and intrigued, to be honest, by the thought of going in an ambulance, I was mostly consumed with the pain that I was feeling, trying to get through that. Later on, after scans and blood tests, they found that uh, I had the common cold 
and yet it bypassed my defenses and gone straight to the outer layers of my heart. And this wiped me out. As I recovered with reduced pain but a lack of energy and ability to do a lot, my biggest question became, why? Why at 36 was I experiencing this? Why was God not healing me quicker than I wanted him to? Why was God allowing me to go through this when I had a young family to care for? Why was I letting myself become so frustrated and down? Why was I unable to handle the pain and suffering? Why was I so self-centered and unable to think of others during this time? The season was painful physically, and it was emotionally painful too. My soul was saturated, and I was done and down and unable to lift myself. The psalmist writes, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? For many, if not all of us in this room, we'll be able to think of moments or seasons when our souls are downcast, where the worries of life seem all-consuming and our minds and hearts lose control and are muddled with anxiety, fear, or just nothingness. Perhaps you're in this season right now this morning, or you've been in it for a long time. This morning, I'd like to draw three responses of our downcast psalmist this morning that we too can learn from and can cling to in times of hardship, anxiety, and depression, in times when we too can say, my tears have been my food day and night. Three responses. The psalmist, he pours out his soul. Secondly, he remembers God. And thirdly, he hopes again. Firstly then, the psalmist pours out his soul. This is a very un-British thing to do. It goes against the culture of this land, but it's a very good thing to do. The psalmist pours out his soul. He says in verse 1, my soul pants for you, my God. In verse 2, my soul thirsts for God. In verse 4, I pour out my soul. Alongside those moments, he also prays out how he is really feeling. My tears have been my food night and day. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by my enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony. He's telling it as it really is. He's telling us how he really feels. He's not bottling it up as we can find so much temptation to do. It's so tempting when someone asks, how are you? To respond immediately, we, yep, fine, fine, all good, thanks. When actually the reality is very different. Throughout God's word, we find God drawing close to the person who cries out to him, who bears their soul to God, who cries out for help. Moses with the complaining Israelites. Hannah, as she poured out her soul when she longed to conceive a child. David, as he poured out his soul for forgiveness and mercy. Elijah, as he hid in the rock, depressed and in hiding. Jesus, as he poured out his soul in the garden of Gethsemane. We find not just Psalm 42, but the whole book of the Psalms in the Bible for our benefit. To see people like you and like me who pour out their souls. Who pour them out in worship, in praise in thanksgiving, in lament, in prayer, in desperation, in joy, in depression, in loneliness, in hope, and many other ways. The common theme is the pouring out of our souls to God. And the danger for many of us, though, can be that our souls aren't poured out and instead continues to unhealthily be stocked up and full, that it becomes oversaturated. Alan Frau, in this book that I recommended at the beginning, he, uh, he talks about, at one stage, three dangers of an oversaturated soul. One that isn't poured out, but is filled with unreleased emotions. He puts these three, getting stuck in the past, 
that we don't, we don't want to let past blessings block our emotional health, but we want to look back with a grateful heart and then move on with an expectant heart. Secondly, faking it. There is a tremendous temptation to act like we have it all together and to deny it when we don't. Confession is the way that we escape the clutches of hypocrisy and learn to befriend integrity. And thirdly, exploding. The third and final danger shows that if we refuse to pour out our souls to God, our souls will burst forth on their own in unhealthy ways. We will explode. Unhealthy people have tiny triggers with huge reactions. We bottle up toxins in our soul for so long that they eventually they burst out of us, causing damage to ourselves and damage to others. Friends, we have been made for relationship with God and dependency on him to pour out our souls to the living God, to the God who cares, to the God who's with us, who's for us, who can sympathize with us. to express ourselves fully to him, that we might let him in. Our emotions and our feelings are not too big for God to handle. They're too big for us to handle, and so that's why we need to come to God. Secondly, the psalmist remembers God. Turn to the person next to you and say, the psalmist remembers God. Come on now, say it like you mean it. The psalmist remembers God. The second response of the psalmist that we can learn from is that he remembers God. We don't want to get stuck in the past, but in our desperation and depression, we can so easily forget the faithfulness and the past character and blessings of God that we have experienced or downplay them. The psalmist in verse 4 says, These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. In verse 6, he says, My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. From the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. He's expressing how far away from Jerusalem he is, but remembering the times. Sorry, remembering the times of being close to the temple. And the presence of God. Oh, the joy of being close to the presence of God. Friends, in times of desperation, of being downcast, in the times where life is overwhelming and all-consuming, remember. Remember what, you ask? Remember, like the psalmist, the goodness and the faithfulness of our God. A couple of weeks ago during our staff meeting uh, here in Harvest Church, we spent time going through Psalm 9 uh, together. And Michael, who serves us as a church by uh, helping us with our finances, he reminded us to tell of the wonderful deeds of God, to recall to mind those moments of wonder and amazement. Why don't we just take a moment, even here where we are this morning, to think back when was the last time you wondered and were amazed at God, that you went, wow, because of something that God did? No matter if it's a few days or a few decades, think back just in this moment. Take a moment to recall and think of the wonders of God. Just pause and think of that for a moment. In the times of trouble, in the times of a saturated soul, overfilled and overwhelmed, remember the faithfulness of God. Recall the wonderful moments of God in your life. Remember the encounters with him when you were changed. But for some of us, even remembering can be hard. And we struggle to engage even in that. That's where we so need the community of the church around us, the body of believers we're joined and committed together in. I need to come and say 
someone like Sean and say, Sean, remind me, remind me of the goodness of God that you've seen in my life. Remind me what, you, what you've seen God do in my life. Or I need to come and say, Jess, Jess, tell me about the goodness of God in your life. Remind me what he's done in your life. Tell me what's going on. Tell me that I would be encouraged. Our human tendency when struggling and down is to run from community when in fact it's the very need that we have most. That we need to run towards community and let the family of God build us up. In sin, we can let the enemy put guilt and shame on us rather than receiving the loving arms of our Heavenly Father who shows grace, redemption, and shows the poured out blood of Jesus given for us as we sung about earlier. Thirdly, the psalmist hopes again. For, it says in verse 5 and repeated again in verse 11, put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. If you're downcast, if you're so low that there's nowhere further to go, no, there is hope. You will yet praise him, your Savior and God again. We don't speak about eternity enough together, but we're told this in Revelation, Revelation chapter 21. Verse 3 to 6, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it's done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. The psalmist here talks to himself. Put your hope in God. He's not actually talking to someone else. He's saying it to himself. Put your hope in God. Come on, Nathan. Put your hope in God. Friends, we need to talk to ourselves to align ourselves up with God. Sometimes I need to tell myself, come on, Nathan, get out of bed. Come on, Nathan. Out you. It's time to get up now. Come on, get out. Or I need to tell myself, go exercise, Nathan. It's going to be good for you. You're going to feel better after it. Come on. Or don't eat that food, Nathan. You're going to feel worse for it. You're going to regret it. Don't eat. I know it tastes good, but like, I need to talk to myself sometimes. Sometimes I have to walk into a Sunday meeting where we gather together and say, come on, Nathan. Give God the praise that he deserves. I know you don't feel like it this morning, but give God the praise that he deserves. He's worthy. We need to tell ourselves to put our hope in God, not in the things of the world and not to get bogged down by the experiences of life. Put your hope today in God. Rest in his promises. Trust in his unfailing love today. Martin Lloyd-Jones, great preacher, said this, have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself. I read this a few months ago, and I'm going to read it again from this book that I've recommended. Satan would love to convince us that, we do, that what we do with our bodies has no effect on our souls, but God has created the body and soul to be connected. Therefore, when I kneel to pray or raise my hands in worship, the posture of my body affects my soul. I found that kneeling in worship and prayer helps a great deal if I'm wrestling between God's will and my own. The posture of my body affects the posture of my soul. If I'm feeling downcast, I don't suppress that feeling, but I find that lifting my hands in worship is far better for me than folding my arms or thrusting them deep into my pockets. 
What we do externally impacts who we are internally. As we speak truth to ourselves, as we put our body into action and let our souls catch up, our souls are encouraged and hope is renewed within us. Can I ask the band to come back up? And can I ask as a congregation just to stand, please? Friends, whether this psalm that we've read this morning speaks into your situation today or whether it speaks of, of what's come before or maybe what's still to come, the lessons and encouragements are there for us all to take a hold of. God is a gracious and kind God who gives us his word to draw strength from, to draw grace and hope for today from. Commentator Alec Motyer writes this, if we are only being anxious about our anxieties, worrying over our worries, stewing our problems, we are only nourishing the old mind, the downcast spirit. No, says Psalm 42, 4 and 6, I will turn from old memories. I keep remembering you. The mind feeding itself on divine truth, dwelling on the promises of God, recalling his endless mercies and unchanging love, turning itself upon Jesus that mind is walking the pathway of renewal. Friends, life isn't without trouble. We can look around this room and see each, look at each other and know that. It's not without trouble. It's not without hardships and hard times. It's not without depression and a downcast soul. But the Christian, despite these things, has a hope a faithful God to remember, and a gracious and kind and compassionate God to draw close to. And brothers and sisters in Christ to come alongside us and support us. We read at the beginning of that psalm, as the deer pants for water, so my soul pants for you, my God. It longs for you, it thirsts for God, it desperately needs God. Our greatest need is God. Pour out your soul to God, remember God, and hope again. We're going to sing in just one moment a song, Blessed Be Your Name. And we have this opportunity this morning to turn every hardship, as the song sings, back to God in praise. Every blessing, back to God in praise. But we also have an opportunity this morning to help and encourage one another. And so maybe this morning, just as we've gone through this psalm, some of it has spoken to you and just go, oh, I would just love someone to pray for me. It could be nothing to do with a psalm, <laughs> but you just felt God speaking to you and, say, and you just want someone to pray for you. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to just put your hand up and we're just going to, as a church body, gather around people who just need prayer. We're going to sing this song together and declare it over each other and declare it over ourselves. But if you this morning, you just don't want to miss this moment that you just love someone to pray with you for whatever reason, Will you just put your hand up in the air and we'll make sure someone comes to you. All right. If you're here this morning and you're going, I would love that, but I do not want to raise my hand. That's okay. Make sure you catch someone that you know and trust. Or come and speak to myself or Sean and Helen or Karen or Juliana, we'd love to pray for you. Let's start this song and let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you, we worship you, we thank you for who you are, we thank you for your faithfulness and goodness, we thank you that you're here with us, and we pray, Lord God, that you would bring comfort to the saturated soul, to each of us, Lord God, where we need you. Lord God, would you draw close? Would you come and meet us where we're at? And would you renew hope again inside of us? In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you, Katie, and the band. As we're coming to the end of our uh, meeting this morning, um, yeah, if you do want prayer about anything, then please do speak to someone before you um, leave today and get that prayer. We'll be up a few minutes as well before we need to go and collect the children, so you still have an opportunity to find someone uh, if you'd like prayer for anything. Um, I've got a few notices. So um, on Tuesday, we've got a prayer meeting here at the Maltings. It's 8 o'clock. Um, come along and um, join in with others um, praying. It'd be um, yeah, great to see some of you there. Uh, connect cards. So those of you that are visiting may well have been given a yellow uh, connect card as you joined, came in this morning. Um, it'd be great if you could fill that in and put it into our uh, offering slash connect card uh, collection kind of pot to my left over on the table. Um, just gives us an opportunity to get to know you better and uh, we can find out how we can help you if there's anything you want to know about us as a church. Um, it's a great way of um, us just connecting with you uh, in that way. And then a final reminder to speak to Mark and Reese if you want to find out more about Taskmaster, uh, get involved, anything like that. Um, they're downstairs at the minute, but I'm sure they'll be up shortly, um, so you'll be able to find them. Uh, that's it for this week, and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>